Um, there were days where I was like, why did I leave where I was um, to work for this guy? <laughs> the way I went about things was not conducive to a helpful attitude. I think being honest with them and being real about our own struggles and our own shortcomings um, helps keep that relationship as a, as a, as a sort of a, a two-way street that we can actually communicate with one another. That if I'm owning and knowing that I'm doing things that aren't the way they should be, that they can, they can own that too. Married, five kids, um, seven and under. Um, so there, there's, there's a sense of where the risk of going out on my own is not viable for me, right? I, I need consistency. I need just ability to provide for my family in a safe way. We're individuals, our best aren't all alike, right? So we have to understand and have that in our mindset as, you know, the guys that are leading and running. That's like, hey, this is, this is the best that this person could do. You know, I might be able to push them a little bit more, but I have to find a better way to do that than just berating. That's Marcus Nagdegal, and you might know him as Broski Builds on Instagram. You know, we got together and had this super cool talk about the relationship we have between a foreman and the owner of the company. And there was no pressure because we didn't really know each other, so we could just talk about it. And my name is Mike Kenoki, and I'm a GC. And though I haven't always had employees, I did. And when I did, it was intense. And my relationship with my foreman was probably the most important, one of the most important relationships I've ever had with another human being. So you guys are going to get a little insight into both of our lives and how we've operated and what we've learned. And if you do learn something or you like what you hear, please tell us about it in a review or post about it in your stories on Instagram. You know the drill. Thanks so much for listening. And here's a couple more sound bites from Marcus before we take off into the pod. But we're striving for the same thing. Um, you know, not, you know, fame and glory. It's um, we're, we're seeking to provide for our families and the consistency that's needed for that. There's a sense of ownership that I've developed in regards to my mindset around working and, and working for who I work for. Opportunities that's like, hey, we could maybe go do this. You know, we can figure out a way to do that. Um, usually comes back as a no. And I, I feel some frustrations and some angst at times because of that. But but life happens and work is, is not most people's be all and end all. And if you try and make it that way, there's going to be just resentment and bitterness. And you're not going to have guys who are desiring to actually endeavor to start to take a little bit of ownership in their job or in their work, right? They're just going to be apathetic because what's the point? This guy doesn't care beyond, you know, the studs that I nailed yelling numbers down to people and everyone on the ground is totally confused because it's <laughs> compound miters and you know people are turning red and like oh what's he talking about he just uh, yells the same number uh, louder as if yeah. he didn't understand it the first time uh, and the second you, time louder it'll help were you there you, you were there it sounds like you were there <laughs> I, i've been in a few <laughs> spots like that yes <laughs> Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast, a podcast for how to run a small contracting company. Whether you're a general contractor like me or a trade contractor, 
starting fresh, or been in business for years, here's all the stuff you never knew you'd have to know before you started your contracted business with the man who's seen it all, your host, Mike Kinoki. That's me. Good morning. It's Thursday. It's Mike. And I'm here with Marcus Nagtagal of Broski Builds on Instagram. Today, we're going to have a conversation between a contractor and a contracting company foreman who don't know each other, but are going to talk about this incredibly important relationship. And before I introduce Marcus Nagdegal, I want to start by saying that as a builder who has earned a good reputation in my community, I owe my success in large part to my trade partners and clients, but at the core to my employees who work in my clients' homes, see them daily. With that, my foreman is the face of my company, fully represents me to the public while I work the levers behind the curtain. And so right now, I want to introduce Marcus Nagdegal, who is a foreman out of Edmonton, Alberta. You can check him out on Instagram on Broski Builds and where he's framing up houses, duplexes, you name it. Uh, you'll see some time-lapse videos and videos where he throws all caution to the wind, modifies brand new tools, voiding warranties, because he's a man that knows what he likes. Good morning, Marcus. Good morning, Mike. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Thanks for, thanks for being on and taking time on a, what is actually a Saturday morning to talk to me, because we, like we were just talking about before the show started, uh, as, as builders, we never get to really talk to each other. No, it's, uh, it's evenings or weekends, pretty yep. much. Yep, yep. So, Marcus, how long have you been a framer? And how long have you been a foreman currently? Um, so I've been a framer for 12 years. I started right out of high school. Um, I was going to be a one-year gig because I was going to do graphic design at Vancouver Art Institute, but huh. got into framing and kept doing it. Um, I've been with my current company for 10 years and I've been a foreman, like running the sites for them for about eight years. Very cool. So you excelled right away. If you moved into that position after two years of being a, a hand on, on the job sites, you know? Um, yeah, he, he put a lot of trust into me. Um, there were definitely some growing pains. Um, and some, some frustrations, I think, on both sides along the ways, but uh, managed to persevere through those and, um, yeah, have a real good, real good relationship going on right now. Yeah, yeah, I could understand. And, yeah, a rough framing um, is fast and furious. And when a lot of nails get put in something the wrong way, it's, it's frustrating because you got to pull it apart. <laughs> Yeah, we, and, uh, and, we actually started to affectionately call our Sawzall saw, Sally, Sa Sally Sawzall. Oh, nice. Yeah, it wasn't great, actually. It's not good <laughs> when you have to nickname that tool. Yeah, I, I, I've walked up to job sites and I hear the Sawzall running and I'm like, what? Why, why is the Sawzall <laughs> running so soon? Why is the, it running? The, the ting of nail bars when you walk yeah. into a house is never... Yeah. Never, never a good sound. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, okay, so how many how many guys are you running with your crew? So we're running a three man crew. My oh wow, it's early. Three man crew with myself included. 
Uh, so there's three of us on site and then equipment. So we have a, a telehandler or two on site for us. Nice. And uh, so you're running the crew. Uh, you got like a carpenter. And then is your third guy like a laborer? Or is he a talented carpenter too? Like what's the... No, we're all actually pretty well, pretty talented. Um, uh -huh. So I don't actually have like my ticket or anything. I had started to, and then I never finished it because I started to have kids early. Um, just couldn't justify the time. So yeah. my one of my right-hand guys, they're pretty much both the same. So it's not really a, a tiered one, two, three. It's sort of uh -huh. 1A and then the twos. Um, they're, one of them is really good at building walls and just getting all the back frame stuff. And the other one is a little more competent and comfortable to help me on the roof when I need it. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much a one and then just a couple of twos in that sense sort of cool. thing. Cool. Very, very, very cool. That's... Uh... That's nice that uh, you have that um, full set of skilled people. Um, Definitely makes it go smooth. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching one of your time lapses uh, that I think you put up this morning and uh, you guys were flying, working, working separately on walls. And that's, that's really nice to be able to turn people loose and, and not stress about it all the time. It is. And uh, learning to not stress the little things Right, like there. So, but that guy in the time lapse video, I have tried to get him to get my system of building a wall, mm -hmm. and it just doesn't click. It just doesn't work. So it's like you just have to sometimes, like as the foreman, knowing that the job is going to get done in a bit of a different way is it's still okay, even though like you know it would be a little more efficient, but it's not worth trying to slow and bog the whole thing down to make that change. Yeah, sometimes you have to just let go and trust people if they're going to do things a little bit differently and, and work your ways yeah. into them slowly. Um, and, and I, and that kind of is a good segue into my next statement slash question here. Uh, Cause I want to say that I think my biggest failure when I started running my crew um, was I had unrealistic expectations. I, I didn't see, my crew and employees through the eyes of a fellow worker. I was just telling them what to do and expecting them to read my mind. Number one, uh, and a, number two, approach things like I do. And then, and then three, have the background to solve problems, but like I do. And I, you know, you've obviously encountered this. So uh, as a, you were just saying with, with this, you want this guy to do a wall a certain way. And so how are you, how do you let go of that? How do you, you know, you don't expect people to read your mind anymore. You're, you're, you're done with those days, but you have, no, yes. No, no, no. I, I, I have not shed those ways. Um, no. As frustrating oh. as that is. Um, uh -huh. I like to think I have, I think I've calmed down a little bit to the extent that I think people should be able to read my mind. Um, I find it more in the way that I'm trying to explain something. So I think about things a little bit differently and can see in my own mind how that step plays out, where when I'm communicating with my guys, they kind of get hung up at sort of number two or three of the steps. Um, so I have to kind of try and walk through it a little bit differently. And um, sometimes my frustration plays into it, but my guys are actually really good at, at calling me on it. Um, as irritated as I can be at that point in time, it's like, all right, um, 
Yeah. So I'm thinking that I'm doing it as like a mirror clone of myself, which I have to not think of because they're not. Um, and I can't expect that of them. We're just, we have different skill sets at times. Um, so it makes it, it, it's frustrating, but it's also, I have to put in perspective of the big picture over the small things that everything they're getting done, I don't have to do. And I'm, I, I can't have multiples of me going around. So I have to understand who they are, how they think about things and know that the job is still getting done. It just might take a few steps or a couple different steps. Um, and that's been challenging for me to learn that. Uh, I think having kids has helped me to, to see that a little better because obviously kids can't uh, do the same thing adults can in, in the same way. So yeah. not, not that I'm saying my coworkers are children. It's not what I'm saying. Uh. <laughs> I hear you. I, I feel you. I, I... <laughs> Cool. That's, uh, I echo that sentiment a lot. Um, you really have to open your mind to people doing things differently than you do. And as long as the work is getting done, because you can't, you can't, you can't be behind them every step of the way. If you no, want, otherwise, if you otherwise want full you get production, nothing done, right. Absolutely. You, you lose the, you lose the forest and the trees. Yeah. Or whatever that saying is, tree in the forest, forest in the trees, something like that. Um, so you're in a you're in a tough position, um, in a way, because you need to discipline people, keep them focused, and be their bro at the same time. Um, how do you how do you keep them inspired? I think this is one of the biggest challenges for leadership. Once employees have been in a position for a while, you said these guys have. I don't, I don't know if it's before we recorded or not, but you said they've both been with you for a couple of years. And I found that maybe after I've had employees for a couple of years, they, they kind of lose their inspiration sometimes. And I don't know if you've wrestled with that yet. Um, yeah. So we've had these guys for two years. Um, I've worked on and off beside them probably for the better part of about six years. Um, each of them. So it's, it's been challenging at times, like they can't just the same as I do. Like we go through our highs and lows of our motivations, of the drives. Um, I'm a far more task orientated, like goal person of the day. So if I usually, you know, kind of fudge how long I work until I either get my goal or if I'm done the task and it's not worth starting the next one, it's like, okay, well, let's stop. Um, the motivation for them, it's challenging. Like they're too they're different personalities than from I am from than I am, but even between the two of them that they're different. So it's hard to find a balance between the motivation of them all. Um, one thing I do try and I, I, I hope I do well, I try and keep things light. And if I do have a period of time where I'm being just a miserable bear, um, usually it plays out till the end of the day. And then it's like going home just before I leave. I'm like, all right, I got to own this one. I was an a-hole um you know the way i went about things was not conducive to a helpful attitude i think being honest with them and being real about our own struggles and our own shortcomings um helps keep that relationship as a as a as a sort of a, a two-way street that we can actually communicate with one another that if i'm owning and knowing that i'm doing things that aren't the way they should be that they can they can own that too 
and just um, yeah, keep a keep a mutual respect between us. Um, yeah, motivating. I mean, they all have expenses. They all got bills. They all got life that they have to support. So I mean, some of that plays into it too. Like they're not young guys. They're they're just around my age. So we all have our own yeah life responsibilities that you have to work to get it done. And uh, like we're my my employer's not shy with sharing the numbers with us to know where our scope of work is what's sort of there and that kind of determines some of our timelines at time so we we have a real expectation of okay if we're doing well the business is doing well and then we're all sort of at peace where otherwise it's like kate yeah there's there's more external pressure if we kind of lackluster on ourselves because there's only so much um so much po to go around sort of thing you know yeah yeah that's uh that's very cool that you are able to uh, look at yourself <clears throat> and reflect and then let them know that that well, the way things came out might not be the right way and and you put it you make it a lot more human because if you if you just yell at people or vent your frustration in uncreative ways that's all you'll get back eventually you'll get silence and then you'll get people snapping back at you and then people it really breaks things down yeah I, I, I had that for a few years it, it wasn't it wasn't great <laughs> yeah yeah because frustrated employee fr frustrated coworkers don't do the best work because they're they can't focus and they're yeah. trying to do their best job and everybody's that's it everybody's always trying their best and so when things don't go right you got to roll with it and say, all right, we just got to fix this and move on. Right. And, and some people's best is like, we're individuals, our best aren't all alike. Right. So we have to understand and have that in our mindset no. as, you know, the guys that are leading and running. It's like, Hey, this is, this is the best that this person could do. You know, I might be able to push them a little bit more, but I have to find a better way to do that than just berating. Right. Yeah. And like you said earlier, the uh, you have one guy you like to focus on walls and one guy you bring up on the roof more. And, you know, everybody's got their own gift. And, you know, with my guys, I do a lot. I, do, I did a lot more remodels. So, you know, I pushed each employee where they go in that in those little boxes. Because with remodels, you know, it, there's so many different things going on. Yeah. You know, rough framing is fast and furious but it's, it's very pointed where you're going. Yeah. It's very linear. Draw. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's very simple steps. I mean, you repeat the process, whether it's, you know, a cookie cutter crack shack or a, a big monstrous house. I mean, at the end of the day, a wall is a wall, a floor is a floor and a roof is a roof. Um, the yeah. same principles apply into each of them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So we've talked about your guys so do you ever disagree with the owner of the company on how to proceed? And, and when do you, when you do, how do you approach that situation? And I think this is really, because we don't know each other. This is a really easy conversation to have, but yeah. between, between me and my foreman, you know, we've had some blowouts yeah. and, and, but I also at the same time fully trust him to make command decisions when I'm not around. So yeah. So this, this is a tough one that's been, that we had to develop into. Um, 
So a little bit of history, like my wife grew up with my current employer pretty much as like a, an uncle. Um, so there's like a close relationship outside of work between us. Um, so that was, that was challenging to navigate for a little while, um, just to find out sort of where the limits of each sort of sphere of influence went. Um, but like sort of for work stuff, like we work for one consistent builder and it's nothing fancy. It's nothing out of the ordinary. Um, they don't pay the highest. They don't pay the lowest. It's just, you know, the consistency, right? Because small gains over longer periods of time are better than up and down spikes, right? Um, so like I, I struggle with that as kind of wanting to do a little bit more, wanting to branch out at times. Um, and, you know, I've kind of pushed and, and pro or, uh, provided some, you know, opportunities that's like, hey, we could maybe go do this. You know, we can figure out a way to do that. Um, usually comes back as a no. And I, I feel some frustrations and some angst at times because of that, but, you know, and, and it kind of builds a little bit. And then we're, there's times where we're able to sit down, kind of have a long conversation about sort of where we're going, where we're at, um, outside responsibilities beyond work that, you know, kind of help determine the course that we take. Um, we're both sort of like that 1A personality so when we were on site together, like for my first two years, we had a couple of good, we had a couple of good ones. Um, but there were days where I was like, why did I leave where I was um, to work for this guy? <laughs> hmm. But like we, we, him and I both know nothing is meant in a personal manner. We're both, you know, passionate, hot headed at times. Um, but we're striving for the same thing. Um, you know, not, you know, fame and glory. It's, um, we're, we're seeking to provide for our families and the consistency that's needed for that. Um, recently, like in regards to like tools and stuff, he's become a lot more open. Um, getting onto like the cordless tools was a push. Um, I ended up mm. having to buy the first couple myself sort of to prove the point. That's like, these are a viable option and I'm willing to put my own money at stake on it. Um, and I think that's an important part too, like, especially for an employer employee relationship across the board. Like if you're trying to convince someone of something, if you're willing to back it with your own money, that says a lot more than you just trying to get the company to buy it. And if it works, it works. If it fails, oh, well, company's got lots of money. There's a sense of ownership that I've developed in regards to my mindset around working and, and working for who I work for. Right. Yeah, you've 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 got a vested interest in the company doing well. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to trip over hoses and cords and be in tangled messes anymore. You're no. over it. Yeah, I'm very over it. Um, but yeah, there's there's been times where we disagree, and ultimately, I have to remember my place, and uh, he trusts me to make sure that the house gets done when it needs to get done. Um, like he taught me the system that I utilize but I've tweaked it to fit me and the guys that I work with. And so if he were to come on and try and do it, it would be different. And uh, we've had those times where it's, you know, a bit of jostling and, and roughing around on the edges because of that. But it's like, I, I, some, I have to take myself out of that equation then and say, okay, I'm still an employee, right? As much as I can be a foreman and I can run the show, I can run the site. I'm still sort of like, in submission or not that's a that's a badly connotated word now 
but it's not a bad thing, right? Like I, I still am willing to work under him. I'm still willing to work for him. And that comes with its requirements and obligations in that, right? If I wanted to be the top dog and do my own thing, well, then I should be doing my own thing in everything, but I don't, I don't want that. And so that comes with its own limitations and guidelines then. That was going to be one of my final questions actually is, is where do you go from here? Because you are, you are at that level where you know how to run the company. Um, you know how to run the groundwork and you're fully trusted in doing it by your, by your employer. And, but do you have any interest in doing the other work that he's doing? Cause that was a big, that was, why I started this podcast and why I'm going this direction, because I went from kind of where you're at um, in, in a, in a sense to where I'm at. And I wasn't, I wasn't ready for, for the office side. I was, I, I didn't realize that I needed to stop working with my crew. I, cause the first year I did work with my crew and it was, it was a mess because yeah. I was trying to do everything and I was overworked and underpaid. I was working at night, hours and hours. I was working during the day. And so I'm taking a really long time to ask this question. So uh, would you be interested in moving on to something? Like, where do you go from here? Do you, do you stick with this company and grow them? Or do you start your own? Or do you take your mad skills? Because you've got awesome framing skills and managerial skills now. Where do you go? Um. So right now, like some background for me, like I'm married, five kids, um, seven and under. Um, so there, there's, there's a sense of where the risk of going out on my own is not viable for me, right? I, I need consistency. I need just ability to provide for my family in a safe way. And I know some might say that's cowardly and that's not what it is to be a man. That's not it. I, I, I personally like, you can take that ideal and sort of shove it because um, my responsibility is my wife and my kids at that point. So it's not about my ego. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, I enjoy what I'm doing still. Like I'm starting to understand a little bit more of the back end, like what's required of it. Like, so, you know, okay. The PO is, you know, 16 grand. Awesome. I got, you know, I just got paid 16 grand in the bank. I can go do anything. No, no. There's wages, WCB, EI, nails, fuel, all of that. It's like, you actually only have like maybe two grand by the time that you're done. So like, you know, I'm starting to get more of like that picture of it, uh -huh. which is helpful for me. So I think in the future, maybe potentially on my own, or at some point I might just sort of envelop and take what he's got. Cause he's, he's got 20, 21 years on me. So, I mean, he's, he's older. He's had a couple rotator surgery, like rotator cuff surgeries. Um, he's, yeah, he's had some, he spent 10 to 15 years working on his own framing houses yeah. uh, independently, like before the age of machinery too, really. So he spent a lot of time wearing himself out doing the stuff. Um, yeah. Some nights well, with his wrists on fire. Yeah. Everything like, yeah. Yeah, hearing some some of the stories of like him going to bed, waking up, and just his shoulders are sort of locked up. Can just yeah. So like he's paid his dues well in time, and so like he's done so much for my family and like for me that I I, I would feel it's a disservice for me to leave. 
I don't want to leave. Like I have so much freedom. Um, I can't imagine going to be the small business owner and then watching the freedom that I have right now. Like if I want to take a Friday night or like a Saturday and a long weekend, I can do those things. And I don't have to worry about what's going to be there the next day. I don't have to worry about this deadline or that. I can just take that time. I can spend it with my family, which is awesome and amazing. And so that's kind of where my focus is right now. Um, would I like to do cool projects and big projects? Who, what framer doesn't? Come on. Like, yeah, they're grand and they're ideal, but yeah, it, if it happens, it happens at some point. But right now I'm, I'm super content, which is why it's like we talked earlier. It's I'm kind of, I, I feel like I'm an anomaly. Like most guys are pushing just to get the knowledge and then get out on their own because that's where they make it big. Um, but honestly, if you can find a company that appreciates you, that values you, and you can have a, a good mutual reciprocal relationship. It's a, uh, it's a pretty sweet, it's a pretty sweet life. Yeah, that's, that's great. The, it, the position you're in is a super important one. And uh, as long as you're happy with your compensation, it's a great place to be. And, and I noticed that when we first started talking that, uh, when I wanted to talk to you on a weekend, I thought, oh, he's definitely working Saturday. And, nope. and you said, no, nah, I don't work weekends. And that's, that's very rare in a framing crew in a busy time of year. But it's like, if you can't make it on a Monday to Friday, you're, you might be doing something backwards. Either you're overextending yourself financially or you're just trying to take too much on and you're going to burn out. Like, I could make all the money in the world. And if I lose my family, what's, what did I gain? Right. My, yeah. my kids are young once. Um, I can enjoy that once, you know? And so that's where like the system of how we do things becomes so important. You know, the system and framing the managing of the tasks becomes actually so much more important because if you have everything sort of dialed in, cause like you said, framing's wild and rough. But if you can streamline it and like sort of sharpen the point of where you're going, you can cut through so much junk, right? So that's where that becomes really important. And the guys I see working on the weekend, usually there's, you know, pre-existing circumstances surrounding that and uh, in one way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, I think that in particular framing, a lot of guys are on framing crews for a couple of years and they're like, yeah, I used to be a framer and that's it. That's the end of the story. They went on and they, they did something else. Yeah. They changed gears because a lot of framers are just nonstop and it's tough. It's tough when you're a guy learning that, that trade. Um, it is. It's, and uh, it takes, a, like it takes a full four years. Like it's no joke. You can't just, you know, you'll have the exceptional one who's maybe, you know, one or two years in, but if you think you can come in for a summer or three quarters of a year and say, okay, I got this. Yeah. You're going to sink. Yeah. (laughs) And you see it. And, and a challenge for you is, is in the, in that time period is not being frustrated. And we've talked about all that, but you know, you, you have to, if you get a new guy, it's going to be a while. And you gotta, you gotta keep them around and keep training yep. them. And... Yeah. And that's uh, like, and as a foreman, you kind of want to sit those guys down and you want to be like, okay, so 
you're coming to work and that's awesome. I'm glad you're coming here. Realize for the first year and a half, you're costing me money. It's like, so I'm paying you and I'm actually losing my wage. I'm losing my guy's wage who are coming to help you and train, which is fine in the long term. But most of those people don't make it through that long term. Right. Absolutely. I, I feel like uh, it's, it's a challenge right now to find someone who wants to learn the trade. And when I was starting out, I feel like it was really competitive to get a job. Like you could get work, but if you wanted to work for a quality company, there was a lot of other dudes looking for the, looking for the same job. And I worked my way up and got good at it. But right now I don't see anyone wanting to get good at it. I'm, I'm, I've struggled with that for years. Yeah. And I, I see a lot of companies looking for very few individuals or looking through very few individuals. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a challenge we're facing. Yeah. Nationwide sort of thing. I mean, even in the States and that's, yeah, I'm not sure what's going to change on that. Um, if much, um, you know, maybe our mentality and our approach to, hiring people or the people that we would normally hire might have to change. Um, how we train them probably has to change from what your experience starting out was versus even what my experience starting out was. Um, some of those old rough and tough run and gun attitudes don't correlate to, you know, people sometimes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 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 Right. Not to um, be like wishy-washy, but yeah, maybe not, um, you know, the hard line guy all the time. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's really important to, uh, be human to your, to your people and, and the hard line doesn't work. Um, so what I, I think that any, any foreman out there and contractors are going to really benefit from this conversation, but because uh, we we've covered a lot of important topics uh, and what you just said about weekends and stress and all that and time with your family is really important. Do you have any other advice for contractors out there from your perspective of a guy who's running a contractor's employees? Oh. Be pliable life is more than just work. Um, you know, I see it a lot where it's, you know, oh, guys are five minutes late, they're fired. Yeah, I understand tardiness. I also understand that there's life. Usually when you're getting guys who have families and lives, there's just, there's life that happens. And, uh, you know, to, to be accepting of that, not to be soft on that. I mean, if it's a problem and it's every day, all the time, I get it that's problematic. Um, but life happens and work is, is not most people's be all and end all. And if you try and make it that way, there's going to be just resentment and bitterness. And you're not going to have guys who are desiring to actually endeavor to start to take a little bit of ownership in their job or in their work, right? They're just going to be apathetic because what's the point? This guy doesn't care beyond, you know, the studs that I nailed sort of thing. Um, which is not always an easy balance and it's easily abused. 
right? Which I think probably some guys have tried it, been abused in it, and then just shut that part off. Um, yeah. That's, That's an excellent like, piece. Go ahead. Yeah, no, there's just that, that there's exterior uh, factors to life and not everyone is good at compartmentalizing it, right? And so yeah. if you can't, if you can't, like you've said, treat people like humans, treat people with dignity, um, respect what's going on. Um, yeah, you're, you're probably not going to keep those people. That is uh, advice I could have used 11 years ago. When I, I when I first... probably six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken a while. It's, uh, it's amazing when you, when you realize, uh, when, when you process all the information and, and become this better person and become better at what you do. And because it makes your job so much easier once you realize that you need to do these things. Yeah. It's, um, like we have one thing on our crew. It's like, if you're more than 15 minutes late, you just bring coffee for everybody. And, um, you know, that's kind of a motivator in and of itself. It's like some days life happens. I've, I've had to bring coffee this last week to my guys a couple times. Cause it's like, we're working a little farther away from home. I get a little bit lazy, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. Hey, well, I, I'm the one who's bringing coffee. Like I, it, I'm the one who's on the hook for it. Right. The same rules apply for, for all of us. Um, so it's, that's kind of one thing that we do that keeps sort of morale high, keeps us going. Um, be generous with people. Like if it, it's just be, be a little bit generous, you know what, you know, go buy coffee, go buy lunch for them, whatever. I mean, show, show some small appreciation outside of what their sort of do is in their wage. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's huge actually. Uh, bring in coffee, pizza, whatever the, whatever the, whatever your crew likes, if they're a vegan, a vegan popsicle, whatever sure. um i i i uh it puts a smile on their face and they realize that you're not just that guy leaning over their shoulder looking over their looking over the shoulder and watching every step they make yep um yeah and i i definitely uh when i started out with the crew i i didn't have that that pliability that you're talking about at all i was strict and barking and and you know the guys that worked for me were my friends they were guys i knew before i had a business and they're just like all right man mike calm down <laughs> i i was so. that way for probably about five years um where i was i was the barky guy i was the you know, we're on a strict deadline. We got to get everything done. Got to, you know, push and grind through it all. Um, I think I've actually, I probably hurt a few people. I think I probably damaged some friendships along the way because uh, of that attitude. Um, like, and I was, I got a little arrogant because it's like, oh, look at what we can do. Look at how awesome we are. But the cost of it, the cost of it was pretty high. I think looking back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so what, what's your favorite part about framing? What's your favorite thing? What do you love doing? I love the roof. Cut, do you cut roof or do you, you do cut uh, roofs we, or, we, or do you do tr mostly trusses? We do mostly trusses. I've never done a full cut roof. Not okay. in my life. 
Um, I've never seen a full cut roof out here either. Uh, I'm sure they're out there, but uh -huh. in Alberta, I, I have not seen one in 12 years. It's pretty I, rare. Not, not even on big custom houses. Custom houses have all been trust. Yeah. So I would yeah, love I'm... to do one, but I would be the greenest guy like cutting the roof. Like I, I would not be fast. I would probably be the block boy at that point. And, and but just to be on that experience would be pretty cool. Yeah. When I, when, when, when we had to do cut roofs, I was the block boy because my foreman was, you know, he can look at all those, everything upside down and backwards and, and he's yelling numbers down to people and everyone on the ground is totally confused because it's <laughs> compound miters and, you know, people are turning red and like, oh, what's he talking about? He just yells uh, the same number uh, louder as if yeah. he didn't understand it the first time and the second you, time louder, it'll help. Were you there? You, you were there. It sounds like you were there. <laughs> I, I've been in a few spots like that. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, That's no, I, I love doing the roof. Um, I, I prefer hips. Um, usually the gables we end up with end up being too huge and just monstrous to work with. Mm -hmm. um, but I try and do as much as I can on the ground to keep myself away from working in that sketchy spot. So, I mean, you guys, if you guys check me out on Instagram, um, shameless plug for Broski Build. Um, you'll, uh, you'll see, I do a, some roof panels, not huge things. Um, I do as much as sort of what makes sense in a feasibly short amount of time. Cause otherwise I find if you're trying to do too much on the ground, you can actually lose more time than it's worth. And, uh, you kind of multiply the risks of things going wrong. And when companies start to get tight on shipping material, the amount of bracing you can put in is, is quite limited. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I, I will also, uh, make a plug for broski builds on Instagram, because I think people should check out a lot of the work you guys do on the ground. Cause there's some complicated, uh, there's some complicated gables that you put together on the ground and throw up and it's pretty yeah, awesome thanks. actually. Yeah. I mean, I'm always stoked when we do one simple, you know, gable end <laughs> with our outlookers and, and, and subfascia on, but you know, you're doing, you're doing these multi-dimensional ones on the ground, which is pretty cool. Yeah, there's usually usually two or three jogs that get involved into them, yeah. and it's like stepping out. And uh, I've screwed up my fair share. Um, I am not Instagram perfect. Um, I've shared a few of those mistakes. Um, but yeah, I've I've had to pull out the saw the old saws all at times, and uh, she's not always pretty, but uh, looks good at the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's another thing. It's good to be able to admit uh, your mistakes and and talk about them because that's where we learn it all trial by fire yep it's not the mistake you make it's how fast you can fix it that's yeah. what defines you no doubt problem solving all right um what is now i'm gonna go off the i'm gonna go off the the job site now broski underscore builds check it out um tell us a little bit more about what you're up to there um so that stemmed out of me being bored actually um all right i was kind of losing a little bit of interest in what we were doing and how we were doing it like i i was doing it i wasn't going to leave anything but i was like hey huh, same thing you know and it still is but it was it gave me a different level of engagement with my job that i could say okay this is what we started at this is where we're going to um I started to follow some carpentry guys on my own personal page. 
It's like, oh, this is cool. I could, I could maybe do this. Um, I was going to do it with my brother-in-law, but then that kind of fell through. Uh, neither him or I committed to it. And then I was talking with my wife and I was like, oh, what, what I, I need a name. I need a name, right? You got to have a good handle. Um, she's like, oh, you guys, you guys call yourselves broskies and bros all the time. So broski bills. And I was like, done. done. All right. Um, started it up and started it like just at the start of um, March last year or May. Yeah, in April, March kind of time. So it's been about a year, year and a bit that I've been on there and it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. You just start to connect with construction people all over, like Sparky's drywallers, everybody um, and random people who have nothing to do with the trades or are just interested and curious about why you do certain things or why you do it this way. Um, and yeah, it's, it's developed from there um, to something that I never thought it would be. Um, I remember uh, I was sitting downstairs with my wife, uh, probably I think about six, seven months into posting. It was like, I crossed 500. I've made it. Uh -huh. Right. And it's like also trying to figure out the time, like how much time I was spending on it and doing it, um, you know, whether it was worth it or not. And then it's like, I've been getting to meet and interact with good people across Canada, across the States, across the pond. And it's just a different level of engagement. And I think with, you know, current situation that I don't really want to talk about because we all know it um, right now, that engagement is a huge part for us, right? It, that, that different social aspect is just huge. And just being able to see different ways that people do things, I've been able to learn and say, okay, that's one way to do it. I wouldn't do it, but I could. And other things I'm like, I want that. And I see that it works and that's why I'm going to get it. So just just knowledge sharing and just yeah the uh abolishing trade secrets because it doesn't do anybody any good it just keeps everybody limited that's awesome i'm i'm with that i i feel like when i started out the the trades were so trade secrets are so guarded and senseless because Cause we, we need, we need a bit, we need a good building community. We don't need, we need the best. We're working for our community. Yeah. It's not just about making money. No, it's not. And uh, that's a hard mindset to get away from. Like even um, the system that we use, like my boss for a long time was like, ah, we gotta, gotta keep the system to ourselves. Cause it, it does, it does give us an edge, right? It, it yeah. gives us an edge over fellow guys that we're framing by. Um, but there's one sense where it's like, you can know the system, but being able to implement it well, that's, that's also different, right? That's, yeah. That's also, um, tough to do sometimes. And having that social media presence definitely gives you, uh, in terms of business, people see that you are proud of your work and you're good at it. And that gives you an edge. Yeah. Having a, that's true. having an awesome social media presence. So, um, well, cool. Um, so that is uh, Broski. It's at Broski underscore builds at in on Instagram. Um, you guys should check it out because there are awesome videos, um, tons of time lapse. There's funny stuff. There's lots of interesting material. Check out. Um, and that's all I got. W what are you doing today? Uh, I have a tree fort to go build. 
Uh, and then I got to do a little bit of uh, the lives that we've been doing with um, Big Dog Construction and uh, Live Free, Aaron and Chris. Um, just sort of the weekend shenanigans, just that that social contact of hanging out. I mean, it's just it's been fun. We're we're able to to do that, and so it's probably what we're up to this afternoon. And then yeah, taking the weekend and probably building the rest of the tree house that I don't get done today on Monday. Oh sweet, you got Monday off. Yeah, long weekend. Excellent. Yes, very nice. Well, thanks for being on, and uh, we appreciate it. And uh, again, you guys, that's at broski underscore build on Instagram. And uh, thanks, Marcus Nactical, for being on. It's been a pleasure talking to you, man. It's been a pleasure, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening today, you guys. Today's shout-out goes to Bruce Teller, my foreman and good friend. For 26 years, we've been hanging out, and we ran seven years together, and we've built some houses together and yelled at each other and had a great time together. I know I thanked him in season two, but listening to this conversation with Marcus again just brings me back to those blocks flying back at me. So I guess I'll thank some of my other teachers too, Eric Gloss and Joe Milkey. You old dogs. Hope I see you punks around this summer. If you found value in the content, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, a rating on Spotify, or if you're in the Android world, a rating on my website. Alternatively, take a snapshot of the episode you just listened to on your phone or a picture of it from your car stereo and post it on Instagram and tag me in your stories. When you leave a review, tell me where you're reviewing from and I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Thanks for listening. And whatever you do every day, remember, at the end of the day, it's your legacy. So build a legacy that matters. That's all I got. Later. Later.